there, and welcome to the Hazelnuts. Hi there, and welcome to show number six. You know, I don't even know what we're going to talk about today. Make up something. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have what we promised you, a... Uh, Sound bite, bite, bite. That's right, we are. Before we begin the show, can we talk about we're each putting together a brand new computer system and sometimes there may be a few technical uh, difficulties. Does that sound bad? No, they don't want to hear any of that. Okay, I won't tell them any of that. How does that sound? Perfect. Okay, well, let's start this whole thing off with a little bit of wisdom just from you, Debbie Hazelton. Well, it's like learning to use a fork and a knife. You know, you have to manually sometimes just get in there and cut it. All this and more coming up next. I don't know if this one's going to fly. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure. The Hazelnuts Show is now a podcast. As of this date, August the 14th, 2015, we are not yet Apple approved. When we are, we will let you know. Until then, you will have to enter the feed in manually. You cannot search for it yet on your favorite aggregator. Here is the feed so you can catch the Hazelnut Show as a podcast. HTTP colon slash slash acbradio.org slash hazelnuts dot xml. That's HTTP colon slash slash acbradio.org slash hazelnuts. That's H-A-Z-E-L-N-U-T-S dot xml. Thanks for your attention. <laughs> guys this has been a real week because we both and we won't talk about this more than a few seconds but we both have had technology issues let's say and uh, we're slowly coming back yeah it's been like i mean it's been actively a couple of weeks for me and then without a computer it was a few weeks so it's really been but oh man yeah i just it's been crazy yes um, but uh, we're glad to be back with you Absolutely. Absolutely glad. Uh, you know, part of me was saying, I was saying last night, can we just cook and not have to worry about all this computer stuff? Because, man. We have received some nice emails and tweets from you listeners out there. Yes, we have. And uh, we did not like any of them. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, How about we did not not like any of them? Well, <laughs> oh, that's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> um, just great stuff, guys, uh, with the suggestions yeah. and your liking of the show and of uh, what we do and of how we uh, get along. Yeah, we uh, pretend that we I'm get sure. along. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yeah, we go from sound bites to biting, biting texts. No. Biting texts. Uh, sound bite, bite, bite to... Uh, bite, bite, bite. <laughs> yeah, but uh, seriously, this is uh, really good. Keep those emails and tweets and whatever coming. And we want more submissions from you. Yeah, I want to hear more of you. And we've had one person has sent in a couple things and has more ideas, but we want to kind of move those around with other things mm -hmm. that... And you don't have to pay us that much. <laughs> you know, really, you don't. You can feed us. Mm-hmm. To compensate for us putting you on the air. We'll go anywhere you want <laughs> as long as you pay our expenses and feed us. <laughs> yeah. There and to have supper with you or breakfast. There you or, go. You know. Yeah, that's right. We could we could uh, do a drawing, see how many people 
want to be in the drawing. And who gets to have dinner with us? Oh, it was great. <laughs> I sent out this tweet a couple of years ago about um, being invited to supper, and um, you know, I'm, I'll go anywhere. If, you know, and they fought over me. It was so neat. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, God, it is. Yeah. No. They didn't really mean any of it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they did. They just couldn't pay for it. Yeah. They just were like, okay, you, yeah, we want you, but, you know, <laughs> we can't bring you here. Let's talk about some of the ideas that you guys have sent in. Yeah, I think that's important because I, I think that what some people are wanting, they love the entertainment. They, they love, I mean, they love everything. They love the demos and all that. But I think what some are wanting is some real kind of candor about how we do things. I know that one person said, and I've heard this from a few people, help with flipping things. Mm -hmm. Now, we're both really good at flipping out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, by the way, being that we're talking about this kind of stuff doesn't mean that we do everything correctly either. Oh, yeah. My first pancake, and there have been others where I flipped one half, one half over on the other half. I've done such ridiculous things like and then i figure it can just be one thicker one you know then i flip it over again and you know it just kind of gets more done in the middle and you know it just but it yeah have you ever done this one have you ever left something on the wrong burner and just turned on the wrong burner oh yeah oh yeah see it's 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 mistakes that everybody makes (laughs) yep in fact uh, i didn't even want to share this one but it really is kind of funny now i went one and you share one Okay, you I went to, first. Because um, okay. if, if yours is stupider than mine, I won't really share anything. <laughs> oh, I told you last <laughs> week and you didn't comment on it. I mean, I told you um, the day that it happened. I went to make gluten-free muffins. Oh, my goodness. I remember that. This is funny, and I, guys. I don't understand. I thought, now, I know this batter normally tastes sweet. and And I also know that I used canned pumpkin it said you could use canned pumpkin applesauce or um, mashed banana a cup of either one of those in it to sweeten it so I thought well the canned pumpkin isn't sweet so maybe that's why this batter doesn't taste sweet but I know it normally does and it just kept bothering me and my my friend Des was sleeping so I didn't want to wake her and you know I'm not I have not played enough with KNFB Reader, and I don't always feel like sitting down and trying to take pictures of packages of things. And so I made my neat little muffins, and I thought, oh, interesting, this muffin mix didn't go as far as it usually does, but I still had, I think I had 16, but it usually I can get about 20, and I used two cups of blueberries. I mean, a lot of nice, fresh blueberries. Mm. And I put bacon in the oven with the muffins because it, they, you know, if I do it that way, a lot of times the bacon, it'll be done right at the same time. And I have this um, cast iron grill pan so the bacon isn't sitting in grease. So I took it out and I had this funny feeling still. And I, I asked her after she, when she came out to eat, I said, Des, what's this package? And I pulled it out of the recycling bag and she said, pizza <laughs> that's what i get all that about pizza man i got stuck with pizza when i didn't want it pizza mix it's pizza muffins pizza blueberry muffins oh, yeah. i did take a bite i was just really curious no 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 yeah. 
when I was very young, my grandma was sighted. We would get together on Christmas Eve for a big turkey dinner and uh, all the trimmings and everything. And her one of her fortes was pumpkin pie. Oh. And I think I was maybe nine or ten, and I bit into the, her pumpkin pie. And I, I said, this is awful. What, what did you do to this pie? Uh-oh. I remember, and, you know, she really felt bad, and everybody's, like, trying to shut me up and stuff. But I went further, <laughs> and I said, this doesn't taste like your normal pie, because every year you make such great pies. What did you do wrong to this pie? You know, this is on and on. Oh, my God. And she God. took a taste, bit of taste of it and she laughed she had this really high-pitched squeaky laugh that when you when she laughed everybody like sort of froze because it just went through you you know one of those high pitch yeah really short fast laughs <laughs> and she said i forgot to add the sugar oh it, it was bad <laughs> so sighted people doesn't matter if you're that's right vision blind sighted well, and, and in my case, what had happened was there was some reorganizing that had been done, and Miss Des was doing her best to put all my boxes of things up in the cupboard in this other room, and it was just, uh, you know, seeing, she saw the packages and thought that was, I guess she thought that was the pumpkin, the, the pizza box, and I had a Braille label on it, but... Somehow pizza mixes ended up in that box and she didn't see the print label that was on the box. So, yeah, I mean, it happens, oh, yeah. you know, it happens. It can happen. I was just so bummed out at the time, but it really is funny now. I remember when I was, when I was first cooking, when I think I probably was maybe 11 when I was learning how to cook. Mm-hmm. I got a cotton candy machine, so I thought, well, I'll learn how to use this. And I got really good at making cotton candy. Wow. And it was a toy machine, but you can buy professional home cotton candy machines. I think they're like sixty bucks. I had mine might have been a toy, but they could. We never figured out how to get it to really, other than just a little bit around the top of the cone. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a there's a way. Well, what I did was I thought oh. I want a huge batch of cotton oh. candy, <laughs> and I thought. No, I realized this is a kid thing, and I wouldn't do this, you know, as I was older. But my, my, my thoughts were focused in the right area. I thought, what spins really fast, and what heats? Uh oh. <laughs> can you can you guess? And the washing machine. Exactly. <laughs> I took um, a five-pound sugar bag of granulated sugar, dumped it in the washing machine, and put it on spin. Oh, my Lord. And when I I heard it start, and then I heard it start to throw the sugar all over on the inside of the washer, and I thought, this is, you know, I'm really being creative, and I'm really learning how to cook, and I was really happy, and then my grandparents came downstairs. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, they asked what I was doing, and I said, I'm making a huge batch of cotton candy for all the hired hands. Uh-oh. And um, they wondered what I did, and they opened up the washer. All, all this, the wash machine was, you know, totally wrecked. Oh no! It ruined it. Oh yeah. Well, it was in the got in the motor and everything. Oh no. Yeah. So um, Ooh. they had to come and replace the motor, and it was just horrible. Oh how humiliating! Oh, yeah. So that, I think that was the worst thing I ever did. 
back to the discussion about flipping, because I've had a lot of people ask about this. And so I have sometimes said to start with um, a slab of clay and a spatula, and you could do it in a pan or you could do it, you know, even on a plate or um, even with like a, a piece of meat that hasn't yet been cooked you know, like a hamburger or something or, or one that has, but to find something that's thick. Or a piece rather, of toast even. Yeah, anything. that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one because at first you, I think it's good to feel the weight yeah. on the spatula and to feel, well, am I, does it feel like I'm really under it all the way? Does it feel like I'm just under part of it? You can kind of sense it with the weight and with just the feel, what else do you think? Well, with flipping, and here again, you should get used to uh, the balance of the food. Once you get the spatula underneath the piece of toast or the meat or hamburger <laughs> or a patty or whatever it is you're going to flip, um, when you go under it, if you think that you might be too far off center to the left or to the right, just back it off and and try to get that more in the center so the weight's more evenly distributed. And when you make your flip, then it, it will flip over, hopefully. I, right, usually, right I usually feel like there's a point of no return where I know I've got it and I don't want to waste any time. So that's when I do a real kind of Fast. a quick flip of my wrist. Yeah. And, um, you know, do my best to get it in the center. It may be, I tend to do one pancake at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I even, yeah. you know, I have tried a couple and, and sometimes I've made it work if they were small. But I know a lot of people that, sighted people, they'll do maybe four at a time in a big griddle. But I don't like to use I a griddle either. because I can't really, I want the sides of a skillet. Yep. And I want my iron as opposed to, I want a heavy skillet that won't move around a lot. Yep. Uh, I don't really care for non-stick cookware. I do if it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And they do have they do have non-stick cookware that's um, heavier balanced and um, it can work. I I like cast iron. I like um, cast. Mm-hmm. As Debbie said, get get things so that they're working for you off the stove. So you can do that flipping. Yeah, and you can sit at a table with a paper plate and a spatula. Not a flimsy plastic spatula, but a thicker, heavy one that it could be plastic, but it's not a real, real thin, bendable thing, but mm-hmm. something with some strength to it. And sit there with something that isn't hot, like like a clay slab. And what you could do is you could you could make it thinner as you work with it and wider and see how you do with it and you could even feel it with one hand as you're doing it and feel with the other hand what it feels like what it's actually happening by what you're feeling with the hand that's doing it and uh working with a stove now that's a completely mm-hmm. different thing because uh sighted people they go up well at least the ones that that i know anyway um they just come up and put their spatula underneath whatever it is they're going to flip, whether it's a burger or whatever, and they they can flip without putting their uh, finger to mark yeah. their place. They just come and 
flip it over. Yeah, and if it's really hot, you may not want to mark your place. <laughs> you may not. But what I do is I always usually use um, an, my because remember now, guys, and I've taught those of you who've been following the show. No, first of all, why would you be? <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, when you do your uh, cooking as as I have, and so many years at it that I don't have calloused hands in the least, but my hands are are sensitized enough. Where I do, I can, I just, I do it. And, uh, you know, my hands are, I have, uh, you know, nice soft hands, really. They're not all rough. Well, a lot of times, even when I'm flipping a pancake, I will touch, yep. I will touch it on the spatula mm-hmm. and I will, I will, um, see where the edges are yep. and I'm doing it real lightly and I'm doing it very quickly yep. and then I'll flip it and I'll touch it. In the pan, is it coming up the side of the pan? Is it centered? Is it, did I flip all of it? Or, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, there are times I've done really well. I remember being at Larry's and, and making a stack of, you know, like a dozen uh, small to medium-sized pancakes and each of us having a nice little stack for breakfast and they were perfect. Nice. And then there are days that they're not so perfect, you know. And it, it varies from day to day, guys. It, it, you know, sometimes you can really do it and sometimes you can't. Um, yep. I'll give you a, a good example. Uh, first of all, I myself, and this is just my own personal preference, I do not care for flipping pancakes. I, mm-hmm. I would rather flip just about anything else because and I'm not discourage you guys not to not to do this not to flip them or anything but sometimes pancake can fold up on you sometimes one of the sides can fold up mm-hmm. there's a lot more to go wrong with pancakes than there are just about most it's hard one of the hardest things to flip we have a pancake maker from QVC and it's electric and it has four wells and you heat it up, and when you hear a relay click, that means it's totally heated. And you put your batter in, um, and you how close it. How much batter do you put? You put it in each well? Yeah. Have, like, what are they, like um, large muffin tins or something, like the size of? Remember oh. dollar pancakes? Yeah, they're like that? Yeah. Wow. So what is it like a couple of tablespoons of batter or less? That's about right. Yeah. It heats up electrically, and uh, three to four minutes, depending on how you like your cakes, mm. beautiful. You don't flip them or anything. You just take, and here again, you take a spatula underneath the cakes, and you remove them. Because you have to, although you don't flip them, you have to remove them somehow. Yeah, sure. So you get your spatula underneath mm-hmm. the cakes, and again, I use my index finger or one finger <laughs> to know where I am. Put the spatula underneath. Get the you know get the feel of how the weight is. I hope lift I my, can get one of these. Wow! Lift my lift my. I hope you do. Seriously, um, lift up your spatula with your index finger. You know, still on it. Mm-hmm. Guide it over to the plate, and oh my gosh, you can either flip it onto your plate or take your index finger and hold it onto the spatula and pull the spatula toward yourself. And if your plate is on the other side of the kitchen, have you dropped any of them on the floor? Never, never, never. I've been so <laughs> lucky with that. I've got a thing called a tuff top, which is a glass. Oh, yeah, like those Corningware, uh, like cut boards yeah. and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I set the plate on that because mm-hmm. it's hot so it won't wreck the counter. And then open the pancake maker up and just do it again and stack maybe six <laughs> batches or seven or eight batches on that plate and put it back, you know, and you get more and more and more and more. 
Yum, yum, yum. For the last and I use the Optigrill <laughs> uh, to do the bacon or sausage. Or- uh-huh. mm-hmm. And I sometimes, if the syrup has been in the refrigerator, I will put it in a pan mm-hmm. of hot water and let it sit there mm-hmm. um, to warm up. Yep. Mm. Very good stuff. Good. Uh, this stuff is priceless, you guys, because it really reminds me of how much that we do during cooking. Um, I hope you do get one of these pancakes. Now, where I got mine, ladies and gentlemen, is through QVC. They were on clearance, and I, I just typed in electric pancake maker or pancake maker and found it. I don't know if they're still out there or not. Hmm. If you have trouble finding them, Bed, Call Bath, and Beyond. Rand- Sorry, what? <laughs> Call Randy. One eight hundred. Call T H E B I G R. I checked with Bed Bath and Beyond, and they didn't have it. Now they may have it online. They they, they will probably most likely have it online. That's Another right. thing that I like to flip a really beautiful batch of salmon patties that I, mm-hmm. that that re- really do require flipping. There's a recipe that we use uh, that's a wonderful cornmeal. Is what I'm trying cornmeal. to say. Okay. For your salmon patty mix. Oh, hmm. I could I could eat like a thousand of them. They're, they're yeah. so good, and you have to flip them over because mm-hmm. you need to cook them. Well, you don't have to, but yeah. I prefer them in a little oil rather than oven-baked mm-hmm. salmon patties. I don't know. They just are not as good. It's glad that I know how to flip in a, in a skillet. You will get it, you guys, once you work at it. Oh, yeah, and there are things I made in the oven, you know, sometimes oven uh, fried chicken or... Oh. Absolutely. And I had to take it out and flip it midway. Some people who can see would hold the oven door open and flip that way. I take the whole thing out, put it on the stove, and take my time. Same thing. Well, yeah, and don't let, you know, somebody tell you, oh, we'll do it for you, or don't do that, or, you know, you can do it if you, you know, just play with it, practice and I mean, there are people who work in Italian restaurants. They're flipping their pizza dough up in the air and catching it, you know. I mean, that's that's wild, but... I can't do that. I haven't done that. Another thing that people should not feel strange about is cutting their own meat. Absolutely. Or yeah. cutting something. Anything when you're cooking, um, you know. I mean, some people just feel like, oh, I don't do the kitchen. I don't do cooking and they're not used to, and I think sometimes if somebody has a sighted partner or has a partner who is just really, really good at that, it's easy to just kind of figure, oh, well, I don't have to do it. And a lot of people will go into restaurants and ask to have their meat pre-cut in the kitchen um, before it's served. And I've tried that a couple times, and I didn't like it because sometimes they would come out and they would stand there and cut it while I was sitting there, and I'm like, no. No, no, that's not what I've gotten really good at just doing it. So have I. I um, am very proud of the way that I can take a T bone steak off of the grill and have it on my plate, bring in many steaks at a time, platters of them, Mm -hmm. and serve them and cut my own beautiful smoked T bone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's something to be proud of. And it gives one a satisfaction of, of doing it. We really want to have people well no matter I guess the the best way to describe it is no matter what you're going to be looked at anyway Mm -hmm. whether you're cutting your food in a restaurant yourself or (laughs) 
uh, or or if it's cut for you, you're going to be looked at as well. You know, of course they did it that way, or why wouldn't they do it that way, or something. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, um, you know. I got oh. to tell you, when I'm in a restaurant and I'm cutting ribs, cutting them apart, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care who's watching me anymore. Oh yeah, I'm I don't. Too old to worry yeah. about that kind of stuff, but I and do some, it just fine. Some things like ribs, I would pick up, and like. Oh, but I'm certain... talking about slabs, though. Okay, you know, slabs. When they're big yeah. slabs of ribs, you got to cut them mm-hmm. apart. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't pick up a big slab of ribs and start no, chewing I on it. <laughs> I wouldn't. Do that. No, I wouldn't do that. But yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I think it's silly when people are being rubberneckers and nosy and watching and. You know, and comparing, oh, I knew this other blind person. They did this or they did that or, you know, it's like, oh, man, well, I'm not not in your science lab, you know. Let's talk about cutting techniques. Yeah, how did you learn? When I was really young, I think I was told how to hold a fork and a knife and how to work it because I don't remember ever being taught. I was too young, but I do remember somebody told me to cut a pork chop for instance i'm right-handed mm-hmm. so i hold i personally hold the knife in my right yeah fork in my left knife mm-hmm. in my right again and i place the i turn the fork so that the tines are toward my left and the back of the what? fork is to my right the tines are to your left not that the tines are not pointed down they're pointed down Okay. Went down, but the back of the fork is facing to the to the right. The, the back of the fork is okay. Right. Okay, and the handle is to the left. Yep. Okay. And so you know, I just come straight down and touch the knife on the back of my fork and just <coughs> cut, cut in, and then move the piece of meat that's cut mm-hmm. away to my right. Right. But I do it so fast though that I don't mm-hmm. even have to think about it. Well, yeah, and you know, like sometimes, depending on where the food is that I'm cutting, I might my knife might be going up uh, my my fork, my food, I might be up more toward the top of my plate, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the tines might be facing away yep, yep, down yep. and away, and my handle might be pointed toward me, exactly. and my knife might be perpendicular to me. Oh, yeah. Um, or yeah, perpendicular or hor- hor- uh, in a horizontal way in yeah, front of me. Yeah. But the, what I did learn that has sometimes helped is that after I've cut it, usually there that means there's a piece on the fork, and so you can um, you <laughs> technically well you could technically put your knife down, put your fork in your other hand, and turn it over, and then eat it. But what I sometimes do is that it is considered the European way of eating to put your knife down and pick your fork up with your left hand and put that food in your mouth with the fork still in a kind of an upside down position. Mm -hmm. And I do that sometimes. And I figure, hey, as long as it's socially acceptable, you know, it's easier than having to stab it again and you know and put it in my other hand and blah 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 it's just it's just easy to you know it's already on my fork so i just pick it up with that left hand and eat it off the fork that way now what i do is let's say i have a t-bone or let's say that i have um you can tell i like t-bones um you could or or a pork chop a piece of fish or Mm -hmm. whatever 
Um, I don't cut all my food up at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, Most don't. No, I've seen some people do it, and then it gets cold, and yeah, I don't like it as well. So I cut and eat, cut and eat, cut and eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. yeah, and some things I just, I mean, depending on what it is, uh, some fish, if it's fried fish, I might pick it up, or I might just cut it with a fork, mm-hmm. or you know, thin a thin piece of fish. A lot of fish is so easy. I just might take the side of my fork and cut into it and then exactly and that's you know that's real easy um or sometimes you might take the fork and stick it straight down and turn it to the left or right just to just to you know take mm-hmm. a piece off of it yep now we're talking about fried fish um if i'm in a restaurant and there's a fish fry i pick that fish up eat the fish you know right off the plate yeah. that way yeah i often do too depending on yeah I was told as a kid that that people were supposed to cut and use their fork and knife with French fries and bacon. Oh, not meat, man. Not me I either. Those, I picked those up. Um, and I've known blind people who figure if they're in their home and they're by themselves, they'll just even pick up a steak and eat it. I don't do that I either. Don't do that because I don't like I, it. I don't like the taste of it that way. Yeah, I mean, I might do it that way if I'm having some that's cold for breakfast. That's kind of fun, but but most of the time, I just prefer to still use my skills. I might touch my food when I'm cutting it too to feel the gristle or fat or mm-hmm. something like that. I prefer some foods that don't have a bone in them. Oh, I can't stand it if it's like a chicken with a gravy and. You know, if it's still got skin on it and oh, stuff God. like that. But um, the way that I was taught was, I was taught some stuff at home. But then when I was in um, what we called junior high at the time, which is more like the equivalency of um, middle school today. But uh, we had an O&M teacher and we had um, some other um, a resource teacher and I can't remember if anybody else was there, but there were a group of us that were blind and they set up card tables and they gave everybody um, a paper plate with a slab of clay and I think it, I can't remember if it was plastic, silver, or regular, but they had slabs of clay and they also had some strips of wood that they put into the clay so that we could feel the textural difference when we were using the fork and the knife and would, would feel, you know, and you could kind of feel how much you were cutting because you don't want to cut off a huge, huge chunk and put that in your mouth and then be... Like, oh, man, embarrassed and gagging and, you know. <laughs> but to feel the distance of how much you're cutting, you can feel that with the knife as you're kind of um, tracing the area. Your fork is in it, and you might want to move your fork a little bit further out, or you might want to cut a piece, and then you realize, oh, that's big. Let me cut that in two or three right right here before I eat it. And I do, and that involves the skill of sticking your fork in there and actually uh, turning the fork and feeling with your knife, engaging the distance and cutting that piece in half. Or yeah, and yeah, and just um, just try it. Just uh, yeah, play with it and play with it with something else. That's play with it with with like I said, clay and and maybe um, um, if you have any pieces of wood or even a 
an extra ruler around that you don't need, you know, you could use that and then go to something that's relatively easy, like a hamburger patty and get used to working with something like that, that isn't going to involve a whole lot of work. Um, but it would be more about feeling where you are and, you know, just kind of experimenting with that. How would you like to submit a recipe to us? Just tell us the recipe you'd like to submit on Twitter at ACB Hazelnuts. That's A-C-B Hazelnuts. H-A-Z-E-L-N-U-T-S. Do you have a suggestion for the show? Have something to offer? Just tweet us. Now let's talk about spaghetti. Are you trying to feed me a line? <laughs> we were talking about this once um, in a few shows, which you never heard. Um, some of the masterpieces <laughs> master are still yeah. on the cutting room floor. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I do spaghetti differently. I eat spaghetti differently than Debbie does. Um, but that doesn't mean one thing is wrong or one thing is right. Um, yeah, because you're a twirler. <laughs> I'm a twirler. Want <laughs> to see me twirl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, people do that, and I've gotten really used to it. I love vermicelli. I like vermicelli, lo- but I love angel hair. I love angel hair. Oh, my yep. God. That's I've, my favorite of my all times favorite. in the world. Yep. And the reason is because, oh, you can just put so much sauce on it. Yes, oh, and it's, it's so thin, and oh, I just love angel hair. I don't really care for spaghetti. It's Right. And it's funny because that's what we ate for so many years. Even with angel hair, um, um, I prefer to, while my water is boiling, I will take, uh, I will break it in maybe thirds i will too i'll take a handful of it a good handful of it and um and depending on if i'm making the whole box or just part of it and i will break it into thirds and that way it isn't you know too ridiculously long um and i will put it in water with salt and um a little bit of olive oil mm-hmm. yeah and why do we do the olive oil so it is so it, it won't stick well now rachel ray says the olive oil doesn't help it not stick she says it's the salt i think it's both and i love the taste of the olive oil in Mm -hmm. it later but um i like extra virgin olive oil yeah and oh and um but do you still twirl it even though it's in thirds (laughs) i do there's still i don't just scoop it i don't just scoop it up with a fork and eat it because there's there's something in the way. That's a Beatles. I have too. to learn to twirl. Something in the way. Yeah, <laughs> I have to learn to twirl now. I'm I'm jealous. I I just I um I do it so quick. How do you do it? Um, I put a fork full of. Uh, I take a fork full of spaghetti. You know, make sure that mm-hmm. spaghetti in my fork. Just twist my wrist so that it ends up on the end of my fork and a nice. Um, You're not using the spoon. No. Oh, because nope. most people use the spoon and the fork. I don't know how they do that. I don't do that. I use a fork and I, I twist my wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I do now that I think about it. I take my fork and I put it in the spaghetti and then I twist my wrist. Um, or I twist the handle of my fork mm, two times, maybe two or three times until I get a fork full of spaghetti. Okay, that's doable. Spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. Paschetti. 
and uh, that works for me really well. Some people can scoop it up and then just put put it in their mouth. Yeah, and some people cut their spaghetti with a fork. I don't really uh, like to do that either. I don't do that either. Now, how do you mm-hmm. do yours? How do you eat your spaghetti? I just suck it in. <laughs> I just make it small enough. So. <laughs> but okay, if I'm then, in a restaurant, I might, I might start cutting it with my fork so that I'm not... Because I never really learned, I never really learned to twirl, and I always thought you had to do it with the spoon and the fork. I, I want you to, I want you to practice sometime, just to, um, you know, try to figure it out. Just put it, get a fork full of, you know. Oh, that's easy. I, I think I yeah. could do that. And flip it or turn it. Yeah. And you'll like it. I think I will, but I want to know what they do with the spoon. I, I, I want to know. know. Any of you yeah. twirlers out there with the spoon <laughs> and the fork, let us know. Who twirls and who doesn't? Meatballs, you can either use chicken or turkey oh. or a combination of both beef and turkey. Mm-hmm. Or um, or meatloaf yeah. mix that has ground beef and pork and veal. Oh, oh stop is that it. good. <laughs> oh, is that good? We have a lot to talk to you about mm-hmm. recipes and the way we do things. We could do a show forever. I know. Oh, my God. Well, that's really good. So, in case we didn't say it, you want to cook pasta typically until it is al dente, which is not mushy soft, but not hard, crunchy either. It's got a little bit of density to it. If you test it with a fork, you'll know. I used to make my own sauce. Now, I know people who have taken tomatoes and seeded them and I have never even seeded a tomato. No, me either. Cucumbers either. I do not seed cucumbers. And they um, puree them and they do all of that. Now, when I was growing up, and for years I did this too, my mother bought, and later on I bought, large, maybe 20 ounce cans of sauce and puree and a small can, a six ounce can of tomato paste. And I would start by heating some olive oil, sauteing some crushed garlic, and then I would add some onion. And some of this I still do when I'm using other kind of sauce. And some bell pepper, any color or variety thereof. And get that sauteing nice and, oh, that smell, that aroma just fills the house oh and then i add my meat and i'm doing this at kind of a kind of a lowish more like a medium heat and then i turn that heat up a little bit more and saute my meat and i use i typically i'm not a huge sausage person i like breakfast sausage i'll eat other kinds of sausage i think i know randy loves sausage oh yeah but when i make sauce i usually either use ground meatloaf mix which is that veal pork and beef or i'll use ground beef or i've even used ground turkey and love it um i love that all too so i'll cook that meat up and i'll cook it up in in you know i'll just break it up and and just keep cooking it for a while until I, I can touch it and I don't feel that any of it's slimy anymore. It's It's got that, it feels like cooked meat texture to it. Once all that is cooked, then when I turn it to low, I will add my sauces and the puree 
the sauce and the paste and the paste is nice because it really thickens it and if you ever want to make pizza and you want your own sauce that tomato paste is really nice because it it really even a small amount goes a long way and there's a trick when i this should be a sound bite bite bite, bite, bite. <laughs> but when i um open a can of tomato paste it's so thick and it's so hard to get it out so I take one lid off and I make sure I get all the paste off of it into the can and careful not to cut myself. I put that lid to the side. I turn it upside down on either a plate or a bowl or even over the pot if you can manage your can opener. And um, I take the second lid off and then I use one lid or both to just push it through and push it all out and then I scrape that lid off once it gets to the to the top and um, and that's how I get it out of there without wasting once I have my sauces in I add some basil fresh or dried I add some oregano I add uh, some salt and today I really prefer Himalayan salt you can get it at the health food store. It's loaded with, I think, 29 minerals or something. Um, and I add a teaspoon of sugar, or um, uh, in many cases, I might add a packet of stevia. But the sugar or sweetening helps to cut the acid. There are people who like to eat tomatoes with sugar on them. That's just really interesting. I mean, it's good, but I don't think to do it too often. But, you know, ketchup has sugar in it. Um, so anyway, that's pretty much how I make the sauce. I will turn it to low as I already did. I will leave it there and stir it fairly often. You know, like I might, I used to cook my sauce for hours. And today, a lot of times I will buy already made sauce. Same here. And I might add tomato paste and cook the meat and the onions and garlic and the seasonings and put all that in. And if I'm in a rush, I don't even do all that. I know. There are so many different sauces out there today, just a plethora of them. But I'll still add stuff to it, garlic and, and basil and something. I mean, I still will. It just depends. You know, I've added mushrooms to sauce. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, You know, I will sometimes take things like frozen ravioli or frozen stuffed shells, or frozen monocotti. Now, I have stuffed my own monocotti. I've cooked monocotti shells and stuffed them. My mother used to make them, and um, I never did. I, it might be interesting, because they're like crepes. You probably don't even have to flip them. Um, but basically, with monocotti, you roll it up with the... Uh, cheeses and herbs in the middle and with the stuffed shells basically you stuff them and with the ravioli again you you have these discs of pasta and or you have like a, a piece of rounded piece and fold it and pinch it all the way around hey today I buy it already made although I still I know I, I've had gluten-free pasta but I still would really like to um, find a good supply of that. And I also love the uh, rainbow veggie pasta, the, the rainbow trio of veggies, or, or I've also had spinach. 
linguine noodles. But if you want to do something with the ravioli stuffed shells or monocotti, you can take an oblong pan or you can put sauce in the bottom, put uh, grease it a little bit with some butter if you want, and just put those pasta things, whichever you're doing, you can put it in there and then cover it with more sauce. Sprinkle some Parmesan on it. I like Parmesan and Romano. You can put some mozzarella on it and some Parmesan. You can do either of those. You can microwave it and just cook it that way. I don't know. I would just, it's really all cooked. What you would want to do is make sure it's hot enough. Uh, so you could just check it after, I don't know, maybe five minutes and see. Or you can pop it in the oven and at a 350 degree oven and cook it for a half an hour and see if it's hot enough and open the door and see if you hear it bubbling. That's always a a sign that it's cooked. So that works out really well. The other thing I love and I've had many, many, many compliments on is my lasagna. Lasagna. (laughs) And um, one thing that is really controversial is whether or not to cook the noodles. And they even sell noodles now that say you don't have to pre-cook them. I'm here to tell you, I've done it many a time. And I've had people say, oh, I always know when somebody didn't cook it first. And that means boiling the noodles and draining them and then using those cooked noodles to layer it. Well, they're tearing and all kinds of stuff. I learned a long time ago that if you let it sit in the refrigerator all made for a while or you cook it longer and you just have lots of cheese and lots of sauces around it, um, the moisture will help it to soften. So I take a nice deep oblong pan and um, with my sauce already made, I uh, put some sauce on the bottom and I'll get any lasagna noodles that I happen to find or have around because usually I can't go through a whole box. I'll cover the bottom of that pan with the noodles and then I mix together um, a couple of pounds of ricotta cheese. And I like the brand Palio, but If you can't find Palio, I think Sargento is another good choice. It's a grainier ricotta rather than it being quite as creamy as some of them. And it just adds something really nice to the texture. So I'll mix a couple of pounds of ricotta. My mozzarella, I'll usually, I'll either shred it myself or I'll buy it shredded. I'll mix some Parmesan Romano. And I mean, how much? Gosh, I don't know. You can know as you're mixing it up whether you want to add more mozzarella or whether you want to add, you can know by the feel. You don't want to totally make it so there's no ricotta. I'll add a couple of eggs. And then if you can get away with it without somebody like Jeff Bishop knowing it um, or somebody who doesn't like vegetables, I will add cooked. Don't say spinach fresh or frozen spinach. Now keep in mind 
that the size of the package of spinach that you use, it will cook down. So if it seems like a lot in the package, it will be much smaller once you've cooked it and then well drain it. And then I will also sneak in some finely chopped zucchini. And I'll mix all of that in to the cheese and egg mixture. And then I will slather that onto the lasagna noodles. Haha, uh-huh, Jeff. And then I'll layer a layer of sauce, really good layer of sauce to cover everything. And then I'll add another layer of lasagna noodles, another layer of the cheese and egg and vegetable mixture. Now it depends on how deep the pan is, how many layers, but I end with sauce and then I end with Parmesan Romano kinds of cheeses and some mozzarella. And so the cheese is on the very top of the sauce. That is how I end it. And usually I can't get away with, you could get an even deeper pan. (laughs) Lots of things going on around here. You could get an even deeper pan. They sell those really, really deep pans. And I've seen it where people have, have used three pounds of ricotta and they've just had layer after layer after layer and you could, you could. I um, I don't like, like to use three pounds unless I'm going to use a much deeper pan. Uh, and then I put it into the oven and I bake that for an hour at 350. I take it out, let it sit about 10 minutes. It really helps it to, to uh, just kind of congeal and cool a little before you slice your way into it but oh it is so good sometime i'll have to give you some of you already have my italian cheesecake recipe oh and by the way i was told from an italian once that the correct pronunciation of monocotti is monogot i don't know about ricotta and some of those other things but I always say monocotti instead of manicotti. I'm used to vowels from Spanish. I was trying to think about where we could post recipes if we wanted. I don't know. I got our podcast this morning through Downcast. I just manually subscribed. And it, and, and then I didn't know I had done it. And I started to do it. And it said, you are already subscribed to this podcast. <laughs> So it's done. Did it say you're dumb at the end of it? If you've already you've already podcasted, what are you thinking about? I was just thinking it wasn't done. You know? <laughs> it didn't happen, but yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so it's possible to do it manually. And Larry sent in to Humanware so that it should be easily gotten with the Victor Stream. I got to figure out why he says he's. His system keeps locking up when he tries to go through iTunes with it for approval. I don't know what that's about. Interesting. Yeah. You you can, and this is what I'm trying to convey in in the spots, um, is that yes, you can subscribe manually, but you cannot. What you cannot do is search for it. No, you just have to know what it is you're putting in and put mm-hmm. that in. Remember my spot. In order to add this to your aggregator, you must put it in your in the feed and blah blah blah. Because <laughs> you do have to do it by hand. Yeah. But you can't search for it, and that's why that we we run the spot. Well, it's like learning to use a fork and a knife. You know, you have to manually sometimes just get in there and cut it. 
<laughs> and, and flip it. <laughs> and if you can't cut it, stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> yeah, there's so many different ways of doing things, and um, my way isn't your way, and isn't Debbie's way, and. Um, but it's. But I think what's important is to know that um, it, it these can are, be done. It can be done, and these are ideas, and these are things that we have found that have worked for us. Um, and they're just things to let you know, hey, it's doable. Somebody is doing it, and you can too. Like I said, my mother used to say, don't cook unless I'm home. Well, if she was home, she'd stand over me, and she'd tell me you know, everything I was doing wrong. So I learned to cook when she wasn't home. How many I, houses did you go through? no um but you know i was thinking about somebody i knew years ago who was in an apartment for the first time on her own with a roommate and she went to make popcorn on the stove in a in a pan and she forgot she didn't know she had to put a lid on (laughs) okay And they found popcorn everywhere in the closets, in their shoes, and everywhere. (laughs) That's That's funny stuff. Yeah. Popcorn, we have a whole bunch of neat, well, I I love popcorn. It's one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't like bag popcorn. I like to make it at home. Yeah. Um, We'll tell you, you guys want to hear sometime about popcorn poppers and what methods are and what kind of recipes do. you can do with popcorn that's no they don't want to hear any of that all right well that's that's i'm gonna talk <laughs> about it you can beg me to talk about this and i won't do it <laughs> oh randy please <laughs> no 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 well okay we, we need, need another, another sound bite 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 we'll do it we'll do two of them <laughs> You want to do one and I'll do one? Yeah, I got one. So when you're blending something in the blender, particularly if you're making soup, make sure that you let it cool a little bit. Don't just take it from the hot stove into the blender. You want to puree it or something. Don't just, even with the lid tightly on, don't just start to do that with it being very, very hot because it will start to fly out even with the lid on so let it cool some before you blend it that's very good now it's time for sound bite 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 yeah (laughs) bite 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 Mm -hmm. and i have another sound bite bite (laughs) for you (laughs) When scooping out ice cream, I find that if you go in cold with an ice cream scoop or a big spoon, unless it's even Barton spoons, which are really heavy spoons, to heat your scoop with warm water and shake it off. And now hot water and shake it off so it's not Mm -hmm. wet or shake your spoon off uh, so it's not wet and then go in after your ice cream. Uh Uh-huh. I do that too. It'll come out with a... Biggest possible spoon or scoopful of ice cream that you'd ever want to have. With hot, with a hot spoon, yeah. Or and, take, it, and it won't, it won't melt your ice cream, no. but it will. Um, or, or take I it also, <laughs> go take ahead. It out of, take it out of the dishwasher after the dishwasher's still nice <laughs> and hot. <laughs> yeah, that actually really will work. <clears throat> um, so if you want ice cream after you're washing dishes, then make sure you take it right out and use it. 
Also, um, I have an electric scoop, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Plug it in and it heats and then you don't have oh, to use man. water. man. The other thing I do, and people laugh at me, um, I had somebody over for dinner one time and he said, what are you putting the frozen yogurt in the microwave for? And I said, well, I'm just putting it in for a minute. And then it was, you know, just a little softer and it was workable. Yep. I do that too. <laughs> I know there are more things that some of you mentioned in your emails and in your tweets, and we will gradually get to them. We will. If Randy lets me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to twirl. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> yeah. We will do that. We will get through your, your emails and stuff. And we this, will. These are great ideas, you guys. Mm-hmm. So. Bring, them, bring them on. Keep them, yeah. keep them coming. And if we don't have an answer... We'll, uh, we'll make up something. Make them up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to keep the show going. That's right. No, we'll tell you if we don't know, because that's there's comfort in knowing sometimes that you're not alone if you don't know that sometimes nobody else knows either. A lot of my cooking that I do is not that someone taught me. It's stuff I gradually figured out, you know, just by doing it and and I think that some of you who cook, you know that to be true. You know that you just try different things and learn. And 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 there's a lot of wonderful sensuality in cooking. You get to feel your food and hear things. And, you know, I can hear sometimes when things are done. It gets quieter and you can, you know, there's wonderful smells and all of that and tasting. And, you know, it's just great. It really is. Next week. All about potatoes because we got a special request on Twitter. Yes. From Jane to do a potato marathon. Yeah, and and boy, so many of us love potatoes. Oh, my God. I'm known over here as the potato hound. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Because I could do, we're going to talk about all kinds of things one can do with potatoes and uh, I will mention about the air fryer and potatoes too as well. Yeah, good, good, yeah. Yeah. All right. All about potatoes coming up next week. And so we wind up show number six. Deb, is there anything else you'd like to say before we end this thing? (laughs) Whee! (laughs) Yeah. She's had a really long week. Next week, Potatoes! See you next week. Bye. Wee wee. All the way home.